to kind of do one of the weekends on the Bullseye series, and they've been talking about just living intentional in life, and so I jumped at the opportunity. I enjoy getting to speak and be a part of uh, what God's doing here at the church, so I want to start off by uh, the ushers are going to hand each of you guys a piece of paper. That'll kind of come into play later, but go ahead and hang on to it. The usher, the one. Yeah, just at the end, and we'll kind of collect them after that. So Pastor's been talking about uh, bullseye, so just how to win in life, how to hit the mark with what God has called you to do, how to hit the mark in your marriage, in your parenting. What does that look like? And he's been sharing a lot of really uh, good biblical faith information with us. Um, but when he asked me to do a week myself, I, I began to think, what is it? What does it take to hit the ball? What does it take to win in life? And I really was brought back to uh, where things kind of begin, where victories begin in our life is in our mind. So we're going to talk about our mind this morning, how to guard our mind, how to protect our mind, how because everything begins there. What's in your mind eventually becomes what you say, and it will manifest in your life. So if we want to hit the bullseye in life, we have to start with our thoughts and our thought life. So this is going to be called winning the war of your mind today, okay? Winning the war of your mind. And uh, as I begin to look at Scripture, um, the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. And in there, if you go back to Romans, where he kind of first began to write, you see a guy who's struggling with his thought life, struggling with his thought life. It's kind of encouraging to me because sometimes he just sounds downright crazy. And I, in life, at times have felt downright crazy. And so he would say things like this, uh, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I know that are wrong, I somehow end up doing. Like, I'm just caught in this tension of, of things in my mind, and I'm confused at times, and I don't know which direction to go. How many guys can relate to Paul in that way? Maybe a situation specifically in your life that you just don't know which direction to go, where to turn to. And so Paul begins in Romans 7 not really understanding, really battling in his mind. But what's encouraging about Paul is he didn't stay there. If you flash forward to some of the scriptures that we're going to look at today in 2 Corinthians, you find a man that has trained his mind. You find a man that has taken his thoughts captive and has made him obedient to Christ, which is what we're speaking about today. So much so that in 2 Corinthians, back when Paul is in prison, right, for preaching the gospel, and he's very well looking down the barrel of probably the end of his life. Paul can say otherworldly, godly, faithful things in the midst of even death because he learned to control his thoughts. So if Paul can do it, I can do it. Say that to your neighbor. Say, if Paul can do it, I can do it. So we're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. I'm going to read these for a second, then we're going to kind of break it down just a little bit. It starts out with this. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war, say wage war, as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So this is like very intense imagery that Paul gives us right here of, of waging war, something that's intense. Okay, And these just show, and I believe he wrote this, to, to put an emphasis on the importance of your thought life. But what does he say? We do not wage war as the world does. If you're a brother and sister in Christ, you don't wage war as the world does, but the weapons that we have that are from God, spiritual weapons, are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine 
power to demolish strongholds. Now that word uh, power right there, it comes from the word in Hebrew dunamis, which means the explosive power of God. Really the explosive, the very power of God. We have the opportunity to fight with the very power of God against the strongholds of the enemy. Um, as I was kind of studying for this, one of the things that in a commentary that I, I read about the word strongholds there is that it can literally mean a prisoner that's locked by deception. A prisoner locked by deception. So we have this imagery here of how Satan, if he can take and shape each one of our thoughts like a brick, each one of our thoughts at a time, soon enough that he's built a fortress, a wall, a chamber around us of lies, and the deception literally is holding us in that wrong place in our life, or keeping us from breaking through in that situation that we need to break through. So one thought at a time, one lie at a time, he will begin to build a wall between us and the things of God. Our thoughts can get more and more out of control as we continue to believe the lies of the enemy. So maybe these are some of the lies that you uh, encounter or you struggle with, that you can't trust anybody, that you won't succeed in life, that you're always going to be broke. You're always going to be dealing with this sin in your life. You're not going to amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. People are always going to reject you. Your marriage is always going to be as bad as it is right now. These are the things that if we, we buy into these lies, we begin to build a wall between us God's plan for our life. So let's skip on down to verse 5. So we did 3 and 4. This is 5, my favorite one. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So how do we control our thought life? Like this. God has given us spiritual power, the divine explosive power of God, so that we can take captive literally capture every thought and make it obedient to the word of god you guys see how this imagery is very offensive you're on the offense because if we sit back and it's not something that we think about we've not something that we speak scripture over it's going to happen to us our thought life is either something that happens to us or we take control and we happen to it that makes sense we have to be proactive in our thought life. And so this imagery says we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So this is a statement I want to say today. The life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts you think. Say that with me. Say the life you have is a reflection of the thoughts you think. There's something good in your life, you can trace it back to your thoughts. There's something bad in your life, you can usually trace it back to a lie or wrong thinking, something that you're believing that is not of the Word of God that's keeping you in that place. And we'll never hit the bullseye with our life if we don't learn to combat the lies of the enemy and to take these things captive. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. And scripture proves that to us. If we look at Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You believe it in your heart, that's the direction that your life is going. And trust me, it goes from your mind to your heart a lot faster than you realize. Stuff that you think, stuff that's rattling around in your mind, left untamed, becomes negative things in life. What you believe in your heart 
you will be. So what's that mean? If you think you can't, you probably can't. You think you're going to fail, you're probably going to fail. But if you think that God, through the power of God and his influence on my life, I can overcome, then you will. Maybe if you dwell, maybe you're the type of person that just dwells on problems and they, they'll overwhelm you if you're constantly worrying and dwelling on those problems. But if you look to see solutions in life, you'll find those solutions. If you always feel like you're a victim and you speak that over your life, there's always this outside circumstance that is happening to me and these things happen to me and it's not my fault, you'll become a victim. But if you believe that you can overcome with Christ, you will. So as you think in your heart, so it will be. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. It's something that we don't think about much, but it really does begin in our mind. Most of the battles in our life are won in our mind. Your mind is a battlefield. Everybody say that. Say, my mind is a battlefield. Now, any of you fans of, of 80s music might have thought that love was a battlefield. But no, it actually is your mind. Your mind is a battlefield. I don't know. My mind went right there when I read that line. So, But God's truth to you and Satan's lies about you are constantly warring in our mind. And so if there's a battle going on, I have to know, I have to pick a side. Right? I have to know which team I'm going to be on. Am I going to give in? to the pressures of the enemy and his lies, or am I going to be proactive like that scripture talks about, and I'm going to grab a hold of what God's word says. So that little paper that the ushers gave you, go ahead and grab that real quick. We're going to take a minute to think about what we think about. I know that sounds a little weird, but we're going to think about what we think about. What I want you to do is I'm going to kind of lay out the parameters of this, okay? But I want you to circle the number of where you currently are in your thought life. And the reason we do this, guys, is because we have to know where we're at to be able to change in life, right? We have to admit where we are if we want to see change in areas of our life. So we're just being really honest. Nobody's going to see this but you. I'm going to do it along with you. Uh, but it's what we're going to do is we're going to take a minute and we're going to think about what it is that we think about. So the first one, one to ten between worried and peaceful. So if you're somebody that worries about your kids, worries about money, worries about your job, worries about health. You have trouble like, you know, at night sleeping, you know, settling down enough to sleep and there's constantly worry in your life. You're going to be much more towards the one, but maybe you're a peaceful person. Like you go to sleep real quick, real easy. You trust easy. You know that everything is in God's hands and you got this. You're just floating on a cloud all the time. Nobody should answer. Never met a person. All right. Between one and 10, circle one of those bad boys. All right, the next, negative and positive. So do you have more negative thoughts? Do you find fault in people? Are you, are you contentious at times? Is it really easy for you to see the glass half empty over the glass half full? Do you catch yourself uh, uh, being critical of other people very quickly? Or do you see the positive? Do you believe the best in people? Do you believe that life it's good, it's exciting, that God's got the best for you. Do you have an optimistic future? Where are you at currently in that space 1 to 10? And the last one is this. Is your mind consumed with worldly things in this life, material possessions, being liked by people, needing to have that in your life? That's more on the worldly side. Or are your thoughts more eternal, right? 
about what, what's going to last. What legacy am I going to leave? How can I reach people for Christ? What's God calling me to do? How can I hook up with what God's doing at Family Worship Center? Is it more worldly, possessions, things of this life that are temporary, or more eternal? Go ahead and circle in there. And this is just for you. So what do we do with that? We got we got our, our stuff down. We kind of got an audit, a thought audit of where we're at in life. So we're going to look at how uh, we can change that. Because what do we say? Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So I want to ask you, are you excited looking at that paper? Are you excited about where your life's going? Hello. Right? Are you excited? Because what you wrote down is exactly where you're headed in areas of your life. Because your life moves into the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what you do, what you have, who you know, where you live, where you travel, all that is dependent upon your thought life. You can't have a positive life with a negative mindset. And it's scriptural. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mindset. I can honestly say there are times in my life and even things now that I would look at that and be like, no, I'm not excited about the path that I'm on with my thoughts. So we're going to talk about a few things that we can do to help change our mindset, to look at it scripturally, to break down the strongholds of deception, to be someone that's proactive like Paul wrote, that we can take thoughts captive and make them submit to God's word. So here's what we do. Number one, identify the number one stronghold in your life. What's the number one lie, the number one block of deception that's keeping you from the things of God in your life? What are you believing that isn't scriptural? What lie is holding you back in your life? Maybe it's I'm not good enough. My, my past is, is too bad. I don't deserve good. I can't trust. Maybe you really have a hard time trusting people because you've been burnt before. Maybe you feel like you can never get ahead or or never can seem like you can be disciplined enough to get close to God. Maybe you feel like you're never going to have a job that you love, or you're always going to have that bad marriage. Identify what lie is holding you back in your life. And you can write it on that paper if you want. You know what it is. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to write it down. But just identify that in your mind. I'm going to get a little scientific with you here about how the brain works. And I trust me, I didn't know any of this until I watched some YouTube videos by neuroscientists. So not, not, uh, not any smarter than anybody else in here. But the way that, that, that your brain works is when you have a thought, your brain re releases chemicals in your brain. And when you have a good thought, a positive thought, your brain releases something called dopamine. All right? And it's kind of like a legal high basically. Like, you start to feel good. Somebody's like, man, that haircut is rocking. Right? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Man, you look good today, you know? Anything like that. Uh, uh, somebody comments on your post online, whatever it is. Somebody sees you, compliments you, boom, dopamine, right? Just released in your brain. My wife, you know, baby, I, I love you. I'm thinking about you. Come home. Boom, dopamine, right? Get excited, excited. I love my wife. I love when my wife, wife loves me. But any of those positive things in life release dopamine in our brain, and it's a legal high. And what happens, the more often that we think a thought, the easier it is for our brain to get to that thought. So imagine just like walking across grass. You're cutting across your yard. 
And the more you do it, the more that grass gets beaten down and the easier that path becomes to take. Maybe there was some stuff in the way and, you know, the grass the first time, but soon that becomes a well-worn path. And our brains operate the exact same way. So whether it's a good thought or a bad thought, the more often that we think that thought, the easier it is to get there. So I'll give you an example. So say you come home, you've had an extremely stressful day, and the kids are just going nuts, right? So you walk in, you see the chaos, and your your, your thought immediately is, I'm going to yell. So, ah! Right? You freak out on them, and you do that enough times, and your response to chaos will be screaming. Because it's easier for your thought to get there when you do it over and over and over again. But the flip side of that is the same thing works with positive thoughts. So the more we begin to capture these negative thoughts, these lies of the enemy, and submit them to the word of God and begin to speak God's word over our life, the more positive mindset comes and comes and comes and comes until it becomes a well-worn path that we automatically go down. And then that bad thought pathway that we, you know, our mind kind of dug that pathway with our negative thoughts begins to grow up over time. And it's easier and easier to get back into that positive mindset. Our thoughts are lazy. They always take the path of least resistance. If we can take what we've already thought and what we've already experienced and just use that as our end goal, like I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to get mad when there's chaos. Or I'm just going to get fearful when I hear just something that could possibly become bad news. Our minds will be trained to get there. And it's so funny because uh, uh, science calls that rewiring your brain. And what does God call it? Renewing your mind. Right? It's the exact same principle. Science would call it rewiring our brain. God calls it renewing our mind. So what we can do is we can begin to create new pathways in our mind by taking those thoughts captive and submitting them to God's word. So maybe when you begin to feel bad about yourself and like your your instinct right away is to like just go eat. It, feel some get some bad news and it's like, ooh, a burger sounds really good right now, right? Negative pathway. What happens if we stop, take that thought captive, and like, you know what? I'm gonna maybe go for a walk. It's amazing how these small changes can turn into something big in the end. Or maybe like at the chaos at home, instead of screaming, it's like I'm going to go take a walk or count to 10 or a 1,000, however many counts it takes for you to chill out for just a second in the midst of the chaos. When we're bored, maybe we grab our phone and we start scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and instead of maybe stopping and opening Scripture at that time. It's all about renewing our mind to the things that's right, taking those things that we know in our life, we know on that list that we made, and saying, listen, I'm going to take every thought captive and submit it to God. Romans 12, 2, pastor's been using this scripture this entire series, but it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't fall into the patterns of this world. Listen, this world's negative. News is negative. People speak negative. Don't fall into the patterns of this world. Self-pity, self-loathing, negative mindset, but renew your mind. By the word of God. Identify the stronghold that's holding you back. What's yours? Because, guys, we can't defeat what we can't define. You can't fight an enemy if you don't know what to call it. So, so what is that negative mindset for you? I'm going to talk a little bit about mine at the end. But identify it. Give it a name. You can't fight 
what you don't find. If I don't know what the enemy I'm fighting, how am I ever going to be victorious? And then number two, so the first one, we're going to identify the stronghold that's holding us back. Second, we're going to name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. What truth in God's word is in direct correlation to what I'm dealing with? Find out what scripture says about it and then begin to speak that over your life. So we named the enemy and then we're going to find the solution in God's word and we're going to begin to pray that against that negative mindset and that negative thought. Got a quick story for you. I um, grew up with like the same, we had a really small class. I went to a Christian school. So there were like two other boys in my class for a long, long time. So just three of us. So you tend to get really close with those people when there's not very many of you around. So um, we were always over at each other's house, me and these two boys, and we were very good at torturing our younger siblings. Okay, it's just a skill. If you're an older brother, you just kind of inherit that skill and you put it to practice in your teenage years. So we were over at Justin Mitchell's house one day, and his parents were gone. It was over the summer, so they were working. And uh, we would always just do really mean stuff to his little sister. I think she's probably six or seven years old. So one day, uh, we locked her in the closet uh, with nobody there. And what we did is we, we put her in there, and then we put our foot against the door so that she couldn't, you know, get out. And she's screaming her head off, like, let me out, you know. And so we grabbed a chair, and we tried to put a chair underneath the door handle, right, to make it so that she couldn't open it. The chair wouldn't fit, but she heard us rustling with the chair, and we were telling her that we were going to put a chair there. The chair wouldn't fit, so we just, like, set the chair back up on the table, slowly back away from the closet, and we went downstairs to play video games. She was in there for over two hours. The door was unlocked. Like She could have just walked out, right? And we got in major trouble when Justin's mom came home and found a sobbing little sister in a dark closet. But here's the thing. There was nothing holding the door. Nothing. She could have walked out at any time. What happens when we believe the lies of the enemy, sometimes we'll be trapped in a closet and the only lock on the door is a lock. There's nothing holding us in these areas of our life. There's nothing holding us back but us believing that the devil has propped a chair up under that door handle and we're stuck here forever. But it's not true. Not true. Sometimes the only thing that's on our life, on whatever area of life that you're in, that you're believing a lie, the only thing holding you back is deception. A lot like Jennifer. And I think she maybe had to get a little bit of counseling after. Let's go back to our scripture. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I know that's really wordy, but anything that is not uh, online with God's word, it sets itself up against it, we demolish it. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. The word take captive there, uh, won't talk about the Hebrew word for it, but that means to take with force with a sword. To take captive. So the imagery is a sword that you're using it to take something captive. And I love that because if you know anything about the armor of God, every bit of the armor of God is defensive except for the sword. Right? You have the the, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, and then you have the sword of the Spirit. 
it's offensive, right? And the sword cuts down things. And so that's the imagery that God's given us. You take the sword of the word of God and you literally say, I am taking this thought captive by force because I'm going to be proactive about where my mind goes. Find out what God's word says about yourself. So for me, my stronghold in life for as long as I can remember, the lie that I bought into is this, I'm not good enough mindset. I'm not good enough. I need to be perfect. Uh, as I got older, I began to look at, at failure as fatal. Like if I failed, it was like the end of the world that I, that I failed. I just wasn't enough. I couldn't ever do enough. I've got to try harder. Am I ever going to fulfill my potential? I can give more hours to this. I can give more time to this. I can do it. And I've just forced my way into this mindset of thinking that I'm not enough. And I think what was so easy about believing that lie is there's a little bit of truth in it. In and of myself, I'm not enough. But I identified my enemy. But I could also say, listen, Second Peter 1, 3 says, His divine power has given me everything I need for godly life. I'm not enough, but God is always with me. His spirit is always in me, and through him, I am enough. Through my weakness, he is strong. I identified the enemy. I found the lie, and I said, I am going to submit this to the word of God. And Philippians 4.13 is another one I've stood on. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am more than enough because God is more than enough. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength, this was important, I needed inner strength, and confident peace. There's a difference between having strength and peace. You can have strength, but just be torn up inside. But he infuses me with inner strength and confident peace, knowing that he is enough. That he is enough. So what's that thought in your life? What's that lie that you bought into? Write it down. I encourage you, go home, find scripture. Google is an amazing tool. If you don't know how to get on it, ask anybody above the age of three. All right, they'll get it. They'll grab your phone. They'll pull it up. You'll be good to go. But find what God's word says about your situation. Capture the lie, name the stronghold, and then name the truth that's in God's word. Don't stay locked up in a prison that God has already opened. Right? Jesus sacrificed it all of it so that we could have life and life more abundant. So if we're believing lies that are keeping us from living an abundant life, God's saying, listen, I've already unlocked that lie. Don't let a lie tell you that the lock's still on. Identify it, name it, and allow God to change your perspective. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness, Lord. It's such a, an interesting subject because it really is where everything begins. We can't hit the bullseye in life if, if our mindset, if our mind, if our thought life is a mess. So Father, I thank you that we are going to be people in this room that take every thought captive in the, under the obedience of Christ. We make every thought submit to your word, Father, that we won't sit back, we won't be lackadaisical, God, but we will say we're going to be proactive in our thought life. 
Because the thing is, the lies of the enemy never stack up against your word. They can never hold ground, Father. So we desire to be those people, God, who submit our thought life to you and see you add value and peace and fruit to our life when we do, Father. So I thank you for every mind in here, Lord. I pray that you would just continue to work on our hearts as we go home, as we look at these lies in our life, as we identify them, as we add scripture to them, Father God, I pray that your spirit would just infuse us with inner strength and confident peace that you got this. Lord, that you got this, that you are more than enough for all of our needs. Jesus.